that'd be shorts weather in Canada. You sound just like a Canadian. They're built for the regular season. They're a well-oiled machine. I think the 76ers are going to overachieve this year. In my humble opinion, also, if you haven't heard, Jason Tatum 6'10". On wax for the world to know. Oh, man. Honestly, guys. I just don't think Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid work together. You sound like a girl who's scared of love. I am a girl who's scared of love. It's theirs to lose. Dallas Mavericks finish with the two seed. You know how high I am on Dallas. Believe it or not, I had the Warriors at three. Ooh, wow. If Clay was playing, absolutely. Top three, top two. Oh, I think we can all agree on that. I think they're a high ceiling, low floor. If COVID hits the Clippers, they're potentially not even making the playoffs. I went with the Spurs at nine. Ooh. Oh, okay. wow. Wow. Really? Wow. None of us picked the Rockets. I'm going to make a joke because I am a glutton for punishment. You're just a masochist, bro. That shit was bonkers. I'm not going to do what y'all did Alonzo. Yeah, his shot looks great. Lamelo's is puke. I am so high. Um. And Derek Jones Jr. can jump out of the gym. That's why they call him the Marvelous The Chosen, bro. They gave Lowry and DeRozan every opportunity. But it is a new day, gentlemen, because the bright future suns are finally fucking here. All right, welcome to the Charity Stripe Commentary. Thank you so much for listening. This is Sean Lawler taking over the hosting duties today. We're going to have hopefully two episodes for you coming out back to back. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about, and we're going to get right to it. I am joined by both of your favorites at the Charity Stripe Commentary, Mr. I'm Not a Third, but you could call me Trey Hill. And Marcus, I make slavery jokes to make white people awkward. Wilson, how are you guys doing? You've been saving those, haven't you? Oh, I wrote them down today. <laughs> it's not my fault that they're uncomfortable about something that they started. It's not my, my fault. <laughs> I, who says I'm uncomfortable with slavery jokes? Not you. You're not. You're an, an outlier for most white people. <laughs> I'm doing well, though, Sean. Uh, thanks for hosting. No Yo, problem. You. No worries. I, it's lots of fun. Let's keep it going and switch it up on everybody. Keep the listeners guessing. Um, how's the weather over there for you guys? Better than yours. Not as good as Marcus's. I'm I'm the middle ground. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's uh, snowing right now. We got about a foot and a bit over the last day or so. Uh, but I got enough wood in the fire to keep us going. So let's get to talking to some basketball. <laughs> uh, so um, where there is lots of fire as well is the inside NBA crew, specifically Shaquille O'Neal. Everybody was roasting Charles Barkley for his uh, vaccine takes. And Shaq apparently was like, hold my beer. Um, but I'm going to take it to the court and make it personal about a player. And uh, you, Trey, sent me this video shortly before we started recording. I had seen what was happening, but I hadn't fully watched it. Marcus, I want to start with you, though. What were your thoughts on what happened there? Um, That this is how... I don't know what we expected. Shaquille O'Neal literally use this platform to make a show called Shaq and the Fool where it takes players 
And I'm not mad. I'm not here ragging on Shaq and the Fool because the premise is it's enjoyable. You know, there's sometimes it's good stuff on there. But you've seen him take that platform and use it to rail players he doesn't like. For example, for JaVel McGee. And JaVel McGee's been out there being like, yo, what are you doing, bro? You are a old-ass man. You haven't played in, like, going on a decade. Why are you sitting here talking all this garbage against young players? And here's the thing. It's not about what you say, it's how you say it. And that's something that we all have learned through life. So if you want to sit here and criticize someone and be like, hey, you know what? Maybe we can do these things to develop. Maybe if you try this or that, that could be more beneficial to you in the long run. Not going to someone after they have literally shown that they are that they have dragged their teams to the playoffs since they've been a rookie and being like, you don't have the next level. Like, what are we really talking about? What are you really doing? It's one of those things where it's infuriating for me as someone from the younger generation. It's like no matter what I do or no matter how we try, it feels like the older generation is always going to shit on us. And that's just in any facet of life you look at. So it's just old people being old people is the way I took it. The shocking uh, a fool thing, I think the you said it perfect. You love the premise. You hate how he does it. Because right. he, use, he uses his platform to bully people, to, bel- to belittle them, the ones he doesn't like. Correct. Yeah, it's like, if we're going to keep it here, if we're going to keep it fun, keep it fun. Don't sit here and literally, because I remember one time, it's like I saw an episode where it was all about Javel McKean. I was like, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, this is utterly ridiculous. I'm like, does, does Javel make mistakes? Of course Javel makes mistakes. He's Javel McKean. But at the same time, JaVale's also a two-time champion. JaVale was a pivotal role in the Lakers. JaVale got a big extension to go play for the Cavaliers. And Donovan Mitchell's a a much bigger star. Yeah, he's a much bigger name. But he's in what, his is this his fourth year? Third year? His fourth year, I believe. His fourth year. He's gotten better every single year if you go look at both – his growth as a player and the numbers. He's he's not a guy who has been an Andrew Wiggins or a Jabari Parker who was drafted high and stagnated. To me, this is this is Shaq be, just being a bully, and I think he gets tired of everybody ragging on him because the old Bill Simmons comparison. Shaq had all of the talent in the world. He could he he could have been the best basketball player ever. And in, and instead he he coasted, and, cl- and he coasted, and was average and was average like got C's instead of put the effort in and got A's, and now he's bitter about the fact that he's not remembered as a great when he knows he could have been, but he wasn't, and I think he's bitter about that. So he's projecting this idea that you don't work hard enough, you need to put in more effort, you need to do this. I think that's him really wishing he had done that and projecting this shit out on the other people. But to me, it's just bigger than Shaquille O'Neal. I didn't mean to cut you off. If you, I think someone was about to say something, so I do apologize about that. But um, it's also Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley in his comments about Kyrie, right? About how he needs to do this, he needs to do that. Are we going to fucking act like Charles Barkley didn't throw kick someone out a fucking window? <clears throat> Like, are we really sitting here acting like this man is, this is literally the last person I need to talk to me about any advice on how I need to do anything. This man said, I'm not a role model, came to work out of 
has come out of places out of shape, out of weight, not out putting and working. Literally ring chased with Scottie Pippen and Clyde Drexler. And then for Scotty to berate him into like, I'm sorry, he owes me money for making me play with his sorry fat ass. And and these are the men who are out here being the judges and advocating for the current standard of players today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only person, the only person I can really, I can, I respect Ernie and I also like Kenny. Cause you know why? Cause they stay in their, I've never heard Kenny. I've heard Kenny criticized, but I've never heard Kenny come for someone. Mm-hmm. Kenny always keeps it PG and can't, it, not even PG, but Kenny always keeps it respectful. What do you think, Sean? Oh, sorry, go ahead. I thought you were done. No, I was just—I was going to sum everything up at the end. So, do you have anything more, Trey? No, go ahead, Marcus. You were—you were finishing your thought. Yeah. So it's just like we look at these people to be analysts, right? Mm-hmm. Analysts, not judges. So why are you out here judging someone, being like, I don't think you have next level? And he, one of my things are, um, if you're gonna make a, a vague statement or you're gonna make a statement about someone's playing or like this person's better than this or this person's gonna have that, you gotta have some statistics to prove it. Now, if Shaq came here, it was like, hey, Donovan, I don't think you're gonna hit this next level because around this time you always sag or your shots have gone down or X, Y, and Z. If he came in and hit me with some statistics instead of him talking to me about his feelings in a game which is proven with numbers, then it would be a different conversation. But that's not what they do. They're like, hmm, I feel about this player X, Y, and Z. So let me go and say A, B, and C. That's not journalism. And at this point, if you're out here being an analyst, you're, for all intents and purposes, a journalist. LeBron's quote was, there's a difference between constructive criticism and soft hating, though. I've seen it both ways come my way, mostly the hate. You can hear it in their delivery. And then Durant said... Them old heads need to go enjoy retirement. These boys have coaches they work with every day, LOL. <laughs> to me, that, that sums up. And if you listen to the way Shaq asked the question, he's like, now listen, man, I'm a fan, but you're a fraud who's never going to get better. And that's what I think. No question. That's what he said to Donovan Mitchell. There was There was nothing there other than him hating on the younger generation. And the players themselves are acknowledging that. O'Neal, Barkley, they're not adding when they do when they pull these publicity stunts, these things that they want to go viral, these attention grabbing things, it's not benefiting anyone. It's just making everybody it's making them look like a joke. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right, Trey. Like it and I loved all of your points there. It as the elder statesman here, I grew up a Jordan fan and I watched Shaq from the beginning. And you know, you see him and he needed Kobe to win a championship. Like he's, I, I like the comments about him. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't going to be, he could have been dominant. Like you said, he could have been the greatest ever, but he had that laissez fair attitude. And he, you saw him against Akil, Akeem Olajuwon when the Rockets like swept the magic, just Akeem just took him down low, took him to a shop and put him in the torture chamber and it was done. It was over. And that's when I knew Shaq didn't have it like Jordan. Jordan wouldn't have let any that happen. LeBron James wouldn't have let that happen. He would have won at least one game. Um, And he needed a sidekick to get it done. And Charles Barkley's the same thing. I, 
I don't know if you guys had heard the stories in the dream team. Jordan basically had two made two tables when they ate meals and stuff. People who had rings and people who didn't. And Charles Barkley did not have rings. So he did not get to sit at the table. And and then the year after he was, and apparently that's what made him hungry with the sons. And Jordan still took him to the woodshed. (laughs) But it's funny though, because it's like, I think in things like that, it kind of traumatized them because you hear Shaq's like, I'll double down. You don't have rings. You don't have rings. He's like, James Harden didn't do enough for his team. And I'm like, so being the most valuable player in the league of 400 something players, it's not a valuable, that doesn't make you valuable, that doesn't make you an asset. And it's not to take away from the aspect that rings are so much, but old heads have realized that. For, like, like, I don't hear Chuck make it, but I hear Shaq make it a lot more about the whole ring argument. But it's also like, okay, but not everyone's, not everyone can force their way out of Orlando like you did to go to LA. Not everyone can go out of the way, pick the destination that they want to go to. Shaq had all these abilities to do all these things because Shaq genetically wise and just from a dominance point, I think was is in my top 10 for one of the most dominant NBA players ever. So you can't use your life in your mode and flip it to someone else. Mm-hmm. So before we move on to the next topic, because we can just go on and on forever on this one, Trey, you do a good job of uh, keeping us in line. I'll read you his stats quickly. Donovan Mitchell, 20.5 points in his rookie year, 23.8 the next year, 24 last year. Uh, Turnovers around the same each time, steals above one, one and a half to one. You know, good rebounding numbers. He's improved his shooting percentages each year. So you can't ask for more than that. I mean, apparently you can if you're Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> but yeah, so the Mike Connolly quote. I've been a big fan of Don's and seeing the way he's grown even before he was here. I don't know how you make can make a statement like that regarding his progress at such a young age. He's gotten better every year, and you pointed that out, Trey. And that's exactly right. Like Donovan Mitchell's a great player. Shaq was just doing stupid shit to get attention, in my opinion. But the problem is he's always does this. He, it, it's... <laughs> we it, <laughs> let's not dwell on this anymore, Marcus. We got to get to the takes and uh, hills that we have that we are ready to admit that we don't want to die on. Okay, all right. For, um, <laughs> so, Trey, I'm going to start with you for this one. What's the take or hill that you're not really ready to die on? So, before the season started, we did our previews and. Uh, Gobert hadn't signed his extension yet. Miles Turner was the pariah of the league that no one wanted. And I thought that, and Olin Depot wanted out. And I thought all of those situations would turn toxic and those teams would, instead of thriving like they normally do, would be reduced to the, the back end of the play in tournament. They would be not eight, nine, 10 seeds in their respective conferences I was wrong. Um, I know Indiana's been down a little bit the last couple games, but they traded Olin Depot for a player who had a mass on his kidney and is not able to play for them at the moment. And 
defensive player of the year candidate, Miles Turner, is out with a fractured hand. So Sabonis and Brogdon are still playing at all-star prospect levels. And the Jazz, I think Mitchell's been a little underwhelming, but I think Rudy has been really empowered and since he got his extension. I think he's a really sensitive guy. I think he and I think that extension really is freeing him up to be more okay with his role and being a defensive guy and not getting a lot of offensive touches. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We I I agree on the Indiana sentiment. Um we we just that blew up in our faces and I hope it continues for them. That's a great fan base. What about you, Marcus? What are you ready to admit you're wrong about? I'm ready to give up on Donovan Mitchell, guys. I mean not Donovan Mitchell. Woohoo, not that bad take. Bad take. Bad take. <laughs> Let's leave that one in. We are. We are. Don't worry. <laughs> Yikes. Um, but I'm ready to give up on D'Angelo Russell, y'all. It's yeah. time. It's time. It, it's, uh, I know that Cat's out, and I know that's been a huge hindrance on their team, but, um, but if I told you D'Angelo Russell was averaging 20, if I told you D'Angelo Russell was just averaging 20 points this season, on what efficiency would you tell me he, that's on? Just hypothetically, like, if you just had to give me random numbers. 43. Yeah, I, that's around where I'd be too. Yeah, you know, I, I, that's honestly, you guys are on the money. Yeah, you I mean, I figured it wasn't super great with the way you presented it. So what, what is the number? <laughs> it's forty three. It's point four three two. Oh man, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say forty, and then I was just like, yeah, I'll go along with Trey's. That sounds better. <laughs> oh man, I'm yeah, so, so proud right now. Yeah, so he's shooting .432, and granted, he is shooting 40% from the three, which is really good, which is super-duper good. But at the same time, he's only getting you, what, like five assists, three rebounds? The the Wolves, if you look at the way they play, they're not conducive. They're, they literally look like everyone's out there just trying to figure their own thing out. They he's have the some- worst point differential in the league right now. They lose their, their average game. They lose by 10 points. Yeah. My man's is literally trade. My man's is shooting 71% from the free throw line. If that, if that, if his efficient field goal percentage is at 51%. Bro, what, what do you do with those numbers? Oh, mind you, he's only averaging five rebounds, five um, assists a season, also averaging 3.2 turnovers. Yeah, he's, he's always been turnover prone. He's always been turnover prone, but I always thought the passing would get better. Mm-hmm. I always thought that he's shown he never had a flair for it, but he's shown to be a capable passer. So now that I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, now you're number one option on your team. You're losing the ball as much as you're passing the ball. You're not getting rebounds. Whenever you're going to the line, you're not utilizing your shots. And your shot selection is spotty at best. And at this point, it's just like, okay. I gave him the benefit. I gave him the benefit when he got to the lake, when he got to Brooklyn. I gave him the benefit when he got to Golden State, and now we're two seasons in Minnesota, and I'm like, okay, nothing has changed. And at this point, I just think I just got to let go. Mm-hmm. 
What about yeah. you, Sean? Did you have anything? Yeah, yeah. I uh, it I've had it been on it all year. I recently went public with the campaign to free Matt Thomas. I've had a love for him all year. My Chris Boucher um, proclamation at the beginning of the year is looking really good. That he was he's in the running for like six man of the year, I think. And I like the way Ner- Nick Nurse is playing him off the bench. With the second unit, Trey, I think you had said that. That's what he he does well. And but Matt Thomas, Nick, it's the reason you had said Trey was defense and woof. You were exactly right. His defense is horrendous. He played three minutes last night against the Heat. The Raptors just torched the Heat because Norman Powell was NBA Jam on fire in the first half. But his three minutes, I I paid attention to the defense because I wanted to watch it, and it was woof. Just it was so bad. Like he was just getting blown on back doors and was losing guys on box outs, and it was just bad. So my thing is, I want him to play when the Raptors are playing bad, but apparently they're not doing that anymore because they're starting to turn it around. I think. How bad do you have to play on defense for in a three-minute stretch to have someone notice how bad you are? Like it, that, that, that just that just shows like his defensive awareness rating on 2K needs to be like 50. Yeah, yeah. Because he just doesn't. It sounds like he just doesn't know where he's even supposed to be on the court, and he's not athletic enough to make up for it. Oh yeah, you're exactly right. It's yeah, Marcus. Yo. To do to do that feat in such a little time is very uh, Anthony Bennett esque. His his shooting makes up for it in if you're on a bad team, but apparently the Raptors are starting to turn it around now. So I I don't think he's getting off the bench unless they're blowing teams out like they did with the Heat. We or heard get- you the first time about the Raptors <laughs> turning it around, Sean. Don't worry, we'll get there, buddy. <laughs> they just they're sucking me back in i don't know but it's just i get yeah it was just so bad like i've seen some bad defense from players before but it was i i've never seen anything like this like it was just like the way he would lose guys on a box out it it was ridiculous like guys were walking past him but enough enough about that that's i've I'll keep I'll keep my eye out for him. I'll come back on the train as soon as he starts playing better defense. Uh, we mentioned teams. I mentioned the Raptors as a team that's starting to play better than their record looks. Marcus, what team do you think is not getting the talk enough about how good they are because people are just looking at the record? Okay. Um, I'm not saying the team I picked I'm not saying they're good by a long shot, but the slack that they're getting is uh, unjustifiable. And you're going to hate me. You're really hating me, Sean. But we're uh, we're talking about the Houston Rockets again. (laughs) (laughs) We just can't quit them on here. Bro, I will never get... Bro, it's... it's, (laughs) I am... I am so surprised. Okay, do you know who the leading scorer is? Well, it's Christian Wood. He's averaging 23.5 points, like 23.5 points a game this year. Do you know who the leading rebounder is? 
It's Christian Wood. He's averaging 20 <laughs> rebounds this year. Do you know who's leading them in blocks? I'm going to say Christian the, Wood. Yeah, I'm just, just going to go out on a limb. Ding, ding, ding with 1.8. And the reason why I'm putting so much emphasis on this is because they just got Christian Wood, what, three months ago? Four months ago? Yeah. In a free agency? So they will have Christian Wood, okay? You lost a top five player in the NBA. Well, he played two games for you, but those two games were losses. So we'll take that. A new coach, new system, and you have John Wall and Boogie coming. So a whole new team, right? Believe it or not, they're only five and nine. Which I know in the West sounds super duper gaudy. But if we look at, the, but let's um, sh- let's look at the context of their record. I'll tell you the teams that they've lost to. <clears throat> Sorry, just pulling up my handy dandy uh, notes. Please bear with me. Okay, they lost to Portland by two. They lost to Denver by t- they lost by Denver by more than ten. They lost to Dallas, Indiana. The Lakers. They split one game with the Spurs. They lost to Chicago and they lost to Phoenix. So what that tells me is they have only lost to teams which you I would realistically see them losing to. The other teams that they be in are Detroit, the Spurs, Orlando, and and the Kings. So when you think about the position that this team's in to get rid of your biggest asset and to have your newcomers and to have a new coach, but also have all your core pieces be with the team for less than uh less than six months realistically, and then to still be five and nine to still be five and nine to um still be competitive. Now I know that they're net rated, I know that they're scoring they're scoring less. They're getting outscored by two points um, for their um, offensive scoring and their opponent's um, point per game differential. But this team has so much potential. Everyone came out here and said John Wall was going to be a bust. And if you look at the way they're playing, he's playing well. He's playing good minutes. He's averaging call it um, almost 20 points a game. Victor Oladipo in those last two games has been averaging, what, like 22 points a game. So they have the pieces here to succeed. They have the assets here to be good. They just need more cohesiveness. No, yeah, you're exactly right. I'm eating crow on Christian Wood because I kind of made a sarcastic comment about we had to pay attention to him when talking about the Harden trade. And, you know, that's blown up in my face too. I'm just having quite the year on those. Um, What about yourself, Trey? What's the team that you think is uh, better than their record? Are you going to go with the Raptors, Sean? No, I actually wasn't. Okay, well, I'm, I'll go ahead and, and go with the Raptors then. Oh. Marcus mentioned the the point differential just a second ago. When it comes to the Raptors, they actually have a positive point differential, even though they don't currently have a positive win-loss record. Their, their average game, they're plus 1.8 points. If you look at the advanced stats, they've got their expected win loss would be eight and seven. They've had some really tough breaks in some games. They're also five and five in their last ten. And a lot of that has to do with the guy Sean talked about, Boucher coming on and starting to get a lot of more minutes to go along with Siakam getting 
back into form and getting comfortable with the routine again. I feel like anyway, Sean's watched them a little bit better than a little bit closer than I have. So he can comment even better, but just looking at the statistics, the Raptors are really coming on and I think they're going to be able to maybe make a push for the playoffs yet again, as long as COVID doesn't strike them uh, extra rough. Yeah, yeah, I think you're exactly right. It's, yeah, it was the beginning of the year. It was very frustrating, but Nick Nurse has really brought it on, and everybody that made any points about how Nick Nurse will just, you know, you can't really count out the Raptors because of Nick Nurse and the defense, and you're starting to see that. Like, they just, they'll lock down on some people and take somebody out. And Like, I watched the team that I'm going to talk about was the Charlotte Hornets because you know they're six and nine just like the raptors but i think charlotte Hornets are better than people are thinking with the record but you know they lost to the raptors but those were you know competitive close games that they had and they played them very well it was just the raptors knew what to do who to take out and you have Lamelo ball averaging over 10 points and the starters are so Gordon Hayward, Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, and PJ Washington. Bismack Biombo, I think, has not played as well for them. So I think the they just need to find a better rotation with a better big man for that. But you know, it's coming it's coming together over there in Charlotte. And I don't think anybody had high expectations for that team. And the way LaMelo has them playing on offense, he's really unlocked it. And I think we just need to keep talking about how good he is because of how much shit he took in the off season, everybody thinking he was going to be so, like, just going to not pan out and he was going to wash out. Not everybody, sir. No, no, but well, you know, we have, we have the... live, we have live broadcast of me melting down because I was so distraught that the Hornets took him one pick before my bulls. No, no, that's that's our hill that we're we're glad to be on and have been on you especially. I, you know, myself, I didn't know if the if the shot would be such a hindrance that it wouldn't pan out. And you know, I think, and he's actually been way better on defense than a lot of people thought because of his length. He just, you know, all he had to do was try, <laughs> and he's he's really turned it around. So I think that's what needs to be pointed out. I think right now it's he he's in the one of the front runners for rookie of the year with like Halibut as well. Those are the front runners. Yeah. Halliburton looks so good. Yeah. And what a shame. What a shame that he got picked to like the most trash franchise. They were, they were that's where he wanted to choice. go. They were my second choice for team. That's better than their record because it's just like they win well or they get blown out. Yeah, they win well, but they lose bad. But my, yeah. I, I honestly, but my biggest issue with the Hawks, it, number one, they got rid of Vlade, which I think was, thank fucking God. But the issue with them is that Luke Walton was never the coach for them, was never the coach they were supposed to have. If you ask me who the coach they should have, is they should still have Dave Yeager. Mm. Yeah. Their the defense Kings, is, right? yeah. is like the Timberwolves defense it's non-existent their goal is <laughs> luke walton came out and said their goal is to hold their teams to under 120 
Yeah, I, I saw that, and I'm like, yeah, I saw that. I'm like, what in the fuck are you? I'm like, are you high? And between that and some of the other defensive numbers, that's why I didn't have them as my backup. My other backup was actually the Pelicans. They're currently yeah. five and nine, but Bledsoe's been playing too much. They haven't realized he's a, he's a backup two, not even a backup one these days. They've also had the sixth strongest strength of schedule. They've just played a lot of really good teams, and it's. I think they. Two months from now, we're going to look look at the Pelicans and be like, man, they had a rough start, but they've really come on. My second team, my second team was going to actually be your boys, Trey. I was going to talk about the Bulls. Mm-hmm. That, they're, that they're better than their record is. We don't. We don't need to do that. <laughs> he doesn't want the CSC stink that we've thrown on some teams. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Joe, Joe oh. is getting all up in our asses now. Larry's going to get a dislocated elbow. <laughs> but no, but I say that to say this. But like in all their teams, in all the games that they've really, except for the game against the Bucks, all the games that they've lost, the more the point differences have been like less than like four. Oh yeah. It's, like, really crazy. Like, the games that they've lost, they've been really into. And the games that they've lost are all against... I'm not going to say that they're... They lost to the Thunder by two, which I thought that game they definitely should have won. I think They were up by 22 points. Yeah. And the meltdown that they had was... It was fucking terrible. Okay. But we could... But... Okay. But they turned it around, and against the Rockets, they had a big lead, and it dwindled down in the fourth quarter... And they got their shit together, and they won that game. And last year with Boylan, they're not doing that. They're melting down again. Donovan is the difference on this team. It is. And it's like, I was like, when's the last time? I mean, I'm not going to say, like, you guys weren't having them play Austin forever. But this is a good sign, and it's indicative of them that how much harder they play. If you just look at the product on the court, it looks a lot better, a lot more cohesive, a lot more organized than it did last season. How so, much have you heard people talking about the, the last couple of years? Laurie Markkinen needs needs to get it together. He needs to be more assertive. He needs to score more. He needs to do all this. You've mm-hmm. heard that from, from all the talking heads, from everybody. And I would have I would have said the same thing. But the coaching staff didn't enable him. So now what Billy Donovan does is he plays Laurie with the bench and he has Markinen is the focal point of the offense and he's surrounded by shooters for the most part. And when they do that, you can see his confidence grow from getting some buckets. And then late in the game, he's his catch and his catch and shoot is instant. It's not catch, hesitate, then shoot. And it's right. it's a comfort level and it's a confidence he has as the number two behind Zach as a scorer that Donovan is giving him early in the games. It's that's just one of the many things that is so refreshing to see a good coaching staff do right. with a, a young, talented team that doesn't know how to win games yet. And he's teaching yeah. them how to win games. My biggest, my biggest crux, my biggest issue was that I just felt like under Boylan, Laurie lost all his confidence, and we all know that basketball is a game all about confidence. It's all about trusting yourself, trusting your shot, and being like, okay, that um, the first one, the first three didn't fall, but the fourth one, that shit is gonna be money. So we all know the hardest shot, the hardest shot, the hardest shot, the bleh, excuse me, the hardest shot is the first to go in is the first one. So. 
now that he's getting his reps on and now that you have him playing against a, not lesser competition, but people who he's labeled to have a bigger, a better advantage with, it's quite obvious to see it, and it's good. And it's I'm happy. Um, at one time, I, rec- I proclaimed Laurie to be baby Dirk, and I really hope that can be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, he got, he, coming out of the draft, people were, you know, so-so on him, but he's, he played up, he showed his potential, and he's finally got a good coach that knows how to utilize him and get, increase his confidence. Like, Billy Donovan absolutely is, he is a great college coach, and he's one of those coaches that knows how to help these young guys. So, you know, glad to see it with Chicago. Anything it's else funny. about the teams it, that? It's funny though because I used to talk so much shit about Billy Donovan when he was a coach for the OKC, and now that I see him in a different environment makes me realize it was just Westbrook. It was just Westbrook. Absolutely, absolutely. Westbrook. <laughs> Look back at his Florida teams. Yeah. Who who was the alpha on there? It was a four-headed beast. Yeah, no, yeah. There was like, there was Noah Horford Brewer. Who was the fourth? Um, Noah Parsons. Green. Wasn't it Parsons? I thought it was Jeff. I thought, Green. Yeah, I thought it was Parsons. I thought it was Jeff. Oh, was maybe Parsons. Maybe Parsons one of the years and Jeff Green another. Because it, it it was two years in a row, right? Or well, did Jeff Green three? went to Georgetown. Like, oh wait, I, oh wait, that's who what, which is what of? I thought. So. Oh, you're right. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. But I yeah. don't know. It's really easy to get Jeff Green and Chandler Parsons mixed up. No, it's not Chandler they, Parsons. They look just alike. Similar <laughs> play styles, too. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be racist. Jeez. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hold on. Okay. So, I'm... <laughs> so, let's get to the games that we're excited for this weekend. Um, we'll be back tomorrow to record and talk about some games tonight and so, and if any other news happens you know Shaq and Barkley are you know good for something ridiculous I, I'm gonna start and the game I'm excited for is the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets tonight at nine o'clock because I want to see you know Phoenix Suns haven't played too many times since I proclaimed them the best team in the west um Denver hasn't played as well as we thought they were going to play at the start of the year. I'm, I'm, I want to see what happens tonight between the two of them, who takes it. Cause I think it'll be the loser will start going down, continue going downhill and the winner will start going back up. So that's, that's the game I'm looking for. What about yourself, Marcus? I'm actually interested to see the Cavs Celtics on Sunday. Oh, Nice. Yeah, just from the steps that uh, this is a Colin Sexton's taking. Um, I never knew that having all these big men would work out so well as like the antithesis of the league. It would work out as well as as it is for them, but it's working out for them exponentially well. Tatum's back also. Tatum's back, so this will be a real good showing for them to see like if the Cavaliers are really competitive or they just, you know, put tenders. And, um, yeah, man, it's just, like, they have all these... I just... I think it's going to be a really interesting game. Oh, interesting. Did you see that post in the ringer about um, Larry Nance Jr., Trey? Oh, and the stats he's putting up? Yeah. I did. And you said that you're you're kind of surprised that the length is working. 
ever since the the Warriors went seventy three and nine, I've been on this stance that unless you're a unless you're a top talent like an Embiid, a Curry type, mm-hmm. the entire league is going to be nothing but wings who can at least shoot threes and play defense and switch on defense. Switchable wings is going to be the thing. The league is going to be like nothing but that for like a 10 year stretch. And I think we're getting ready to get into the prime of that. If you get these long wings with massive wingspans, like the Lakers have and the Cavs have, you can switch everything on defense and every three point, all these three point shots that people are just draining because they're getting pretty open looks. You're at least able to get, get a hand in their face and contest them. I think that I hate, I don't like Dan Gilbert, but I think the Cavs are onto something with the, with the athletic length going around Sexton, Sexton and Garland. Hmm. Yeah. And Trey, what about yourself? Which game are you looking forward to? I've got the nine o'clock time slot for tonight. Also, but I'm going with the Warriors and Jazz. I picked the Warriors to still be fairly competitive. I think I picked them sixth this year in the West. I love watching Draymond Green. I know people shit on him for his triple singles. and But those are the people who aren't watching the game and don't see the impact that this guy has. He The way he, the, the way he plays winning basketball is just... It's a sight to see, and I love watching him and Curry play. It's, I think they're my favorite duo in the league. I I honestly think he's a perfect mentor for Wiseman. Oh yeah, he, he is. Yeah. As long as Wiseman can handle it, and he seems to be up to it so far. Because Draymond, yeah. Draymond's an asshole, and from one asshole to another, like not everybody's built to handle that. But yeah, right. Wiseman, Wiseman seems to be handling it well. I won't even call. I won't even call Draymond an asshole. I'll call Draymond blunt. But one thing I say about Draymond is Draymond will, just as quick as he is to chastise a player, he's he's able to gas him. And be like you know what, that person did their shit correct, and that's what it's all. It's all about accountability. And mm-hmm. I think that's why it was so crazy seeing him on Inside the NBA because you're here. I figured it'd be like one of them hate, like one of those hating hating ass old men. On inside the NBA, but he had clear, concise analytics. He gave his opinion, and he went against the grain with everything. So having a person like that, and who's also, I think he's underrated as a savant when it comes to basketball. But he's so knowledgeable about the game and how the way he does dissects the floor. So to be a rookie to have that person learn to learn from is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think and you're exactly right about Draymond Green being just as quick to celebrate as to chastise and he's he's vocal on all around like he i love the way he gets into and that he's not like just like you screwed up on defense like he's talking to wiseman and telling him and you can see them talking like after a foul and stuff like that and it looks like it's civil in the way that they're doing it and i and i'm you know draymond green's probably like if i had wiseman's body and skills I would love it. So he's just helping him reach his full potential. And I saw this clip. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, that's, uh, yeah, that's just, the, I love to see it. So yeah. yeah, there was this clip when they played the Lakers and then he's out here talking to Wiseman. He's like, why don't you cut over there? He's like, that would have put you against like Marcus Saul. He's like, you against Marcus Saul. I like that. 
while Marcus Saul's like three feet away from him. <laughs> see, that's why. But see, that's why Dre, That's why I like Draymond. But he's a little bit of an asshole because he could have said that entire thing and never said Marcus Saul's name. <laughs> but with Marcus Saul right there, like he's looking at Wiseman. He could have just been like, because when you do that, you get that, you, and then you have that matchup, and we like that matchup. You, he doesn't have to say like right into Mar- right to Marcus Saul's face. I like the matchup against Mark Gasol. Like you could even wait like three seconds when I, and then be like, like you don't you don't have to put Mark Gasol on blast. Like, like that is an old man. You're doing that too. <laughs> You'll leave I think that, it ain't a young fella. That is an old man. <laughs> yeah, but Mark Gasol will he'll do his old man tricks. Yeah, no, yeah, but like, if, but I know Mark Gasol can definitely take it. But it's so good though because like you want to be able to talk. Draymond is essentially what you want out of your veteran. And someone who's good, reliable, knows what they're doing, knows how to knows their role, but also teaching is also teaching the newer players and the younger generation how to succeed and what to do. And I feel like that's what I kind of would want if if the inside the NBA did that, I'd have a lot more respect for them than just be out here arbitrarily saying feeling, just saying shit. I was getting ready to make that same point. I feel like, so, this older generation thinks the newer generation is soft, right? Like, it's, you guys are too in your feelings, it's too blah, blah, blah. We used to have real rivalries. Whereas, Wiseman is a massive player, and if he gets to be as good as his potential potential is, he's going to get hacked. He's going to get the Embiid, the Shaq treatment. He's going to have to have that that edge to him. He's going to have to have an attitude. He's going to have to be able to... Right, he's going to have to be able to be mentally tough to take that shit over the course of a season. And Draymond isn't beating him down to try and get him to like angrily lash out in growth. He's building him up and build teaching Wiseman how to be confident. Like when he does that shit to Mark Gasol, yeah, it's a little bit of an asshole thing to Mark Gasol, but it's teaching Wiseman you're that much better than this guy and you need to fucking know it and you need to take advantage of this and Wiseman you don't want Wiseman to be passive you don't want Wiseman to be the guy in three years when he's at his apex thinking well I've got 10 shots and what my other my shooting guards only got four shots and my point guards only got you want Wiseman thinking I will want to take 30 shots if he reaches his potential and you want him to be able to have that mindset if necessary and I think with Wiseman, the, all the doubts were, does he have the right attitude for this? Is he going to be able to buy in? And Draymond is instilling that in him. Mm-hmm. Absolute perfect franchise for him to get drafted to. Yeah, it lucked out. It's This is like Tim Duncan all over again to the Spurs. Like, it, the rich get richer. <laughs> it's It's looking like a really good pickup, and... We'll see with Anthony Edwards or anything, but it's looking like Minnesota might have screwed up not taking mm-hmm. Wiseman there. But we'll, you know, maybe that's a topic for tomorrow we get into. We still got to build up tomorrow's topics for the pod. I want to talk to you guys again tomorrow, get out some more. But we have to watch some basketball tonight and everything like that. So, anything else you guys had to say? Um, last thing. Um. Shout out to Kevin. Um, this is modern day slave reporter for going to the Rockets. I actually really like that move for them, and especially for how low that they sold him on. They they gave a second round pick to get Kevin Porter. I was like, wow, that's a that's a flex. 
All of you guys with your Bulls love, the Bulls play the Lakers tonight at nine o'clock. So tune into that and see how they go, how they fare against a real team. Yeah. The last time they lost by two, I think. Yeah, it was a good game. So let's see, let's see how they can, if they can play up to the competition. Nine o'clock is just the time slot tonight. You got Rockets, Mavericks, Lakers, Bulls, Warriors, Jazz, and Nuggets, Suns. Oh. And the worst part is I don't get off work till eleven thirty. Oof. Oh, you just have to set up your phone just on the down low. <laughs> all right. I'm just gonna be crying in the bathroom. They'll be like, "What are you doing? You crying? We're watching the game." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, and to clean it up, it was taurine green I was thinking of on Florida. Oh, you finally uh, remember. Good job, buddy. Yeah, so well, I looked it up on Wikipedia. That team had 5,000-point scores. Brewer, Brewer, Green, Noah, uh, Horford, and Lee Humphrey. <laughs> There's a name Humphrey. I did oh not remember. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. God. How nineties how 90s Duke of them. <laughs> the, the random tall white guy who scored a thousand points. Bro, Leaf fucking Humphrey. Did he even have a how was he professional? Is he still He I'm played overseas? Yeah, yeah, he yeah, he last played for Juvent um Juventus. Yeah. So he's oh Maybe the oh yeah, but uh, anyways, not to go down that rabbit hole. Well, thanks so much, guys, for coming on. We'll talk to you tomorrow, and we'll get out this to the fans. All right. All right, guys. Have a good one. You've been saving those, haven't you? Shaq apparently was like, "Hold my beer." It feels like the older generation is always going to shit on us. It's just old people being old people is the way I took it. He uses his platform to bully people. And now he's bitter about the fact that he's not remembered as a great. It's also Charles Barkley. Are we going to fucking act like Charles Barkley didn't throw kick someone out a fucking window? There was, there was nothing there other than him hating on the younger generation. What's the take or hill that you're not really ready to die on? I'm ready to give up on dying with Mitchell guys. That's a bad thing. <laughs> bad thing. Bad thing. <laughs> Yikes. But I told you, Pietro Russell was just averaging 20 points this season. On what efficiency would you tell me that's on? 43. You guys are on the money. Oh, man, I'm yes. so proud right now. We heard you the first time about the Raptors <laughs> turning it around, Sean. We just can't quit them on here. Defense. It's non-existent. He doesn't want the CSC stink that we've thrown on some teams. I love watching Draymond Green. I know people shit on him for his triple singles, and I love watching him and Curry play. It's I, I honestly think he's the perfect mentor for Wiseman. Absolute perfect franchise for him to get drafted to. This is like Tim Duncan all over again to the Spurs.